Welcome to this bonus series of Advent Reflections. I am your host, Rohati. Intro and outro provided by Drew Brown. Hymns for the Architect. Go pick it up. Welcome to this bonus episode in the Faith in the Fresh Five podcast and also the audio version of the Rohati newsletter that comes out every week. This is Advent, a reflection for the deconstructing crowd. Welcome to December 3rd, the first Sunday of Advent. Grab a blanket, a cup of something warm. Let's settle in. Over here on Treaty 7 territory in Calgary, snow has yet to fly. It's unusually warm. Thanks, climate change. For some of you, Christmas is not attributed with snow because of your climate, where I am from originally. There will never be Christmas in the tropics, but around here, it doesn't really seem like the season until a soft cover of snow blankets the city. One of the features of Christmas that wasn't part of my upbringing was Advent. And as a good evangelical, you toss aside church traditions and calendars and do your own thing. Christmas service, usually not, and well, never on Christmas Day, was the biggest service of the year. One day of fun, ton of work, and that was it until Easter. Thankfully, there are deeper rhythms if you wish to seek richer traditions in the church. Advent can be one. Not just light the wreath type of Advent or get the 25 windows of chocolate. I was going to say milk chocolate. I think it's milk chocolate. But a liturgical tradition with significant callback to the roots of the Christian faith. Since Advent culminates in the announcement of Jesus, which happens not on Christmas Day, it's Epiphany that was the church, early church tradition or feast, along with Easter, not Christmas and Easter, it was Epiphany and Easter. So we turn our attention to the crux of the message that is attributed to Jesus, which is living out a profound ethic of love that catalyzes activity to join this plan to undo all malformed systems in our world. Maybe I should just end this reflection here because boiling down the Christian faith to a simple yet profound phrase that involves aspects of justice may not match what you were taught about the crux of the Christian faith or what Jesus said in the past. It might produce some manner of dissonance, but I guess that's part of the deconstructing journey. For Advent, it shifts our attention away from the typical material aspects of our culture, and I'm thinking in North America predominantly, associated with Christmas, and instead proposes the entire opposite of materialism. Christmas is about dwelling in the dark, waiting for something better, and inviting our participation towards the embracing light. Advent 1, Annunciation. Advent 
by the way, as a liturgical tradition, does not necessarily follow the typical Advent wreath lighting of candles symbols, which are hope, joy, peace, and love. They are, I believe, distinct practices, but they're kind of the same, same, but different. I'm going to swing between the two by using the themes hope, joy, peace, and love, but also influence from lectionaries. And the primary lectionaries I use will be a woman's lectionary for the whole church by Dr. Wilda Gaffney. I invite you to use these reflections over the coming weeks in whichever way that fit your traditions, be it lighting an Advent candle or something else. The readings are Genesis 16, 7 to 13, Psalm 71, 4, 11, Luke 1, 26, 38. Those are the stories of Hagar and Mary's annunciations. We begin this year's Advent around just that, Annunciation. Annunciations are rare in the Bible, yet rare still are the handful of women who are granted one. Hagar being the first, Mary being the last. Their responses become distinct words to their communities about God's intent and purposes in the world. In other words, these women, when they speak, are doing so as prophets. Prophets in their time, but also ours. And just a reminder, prophets are speaking truth of God's words in the moment and should not be immediately associated with prophecies as in future telling. The selection of women to begin with, to be recipients of annunciations in cultures that saw women as mere incubators for children, is profound. It tells us how God does not adhere to common power distinctions, rather routinely overturns them. Hagar is a victim of sexual abuse. And you can read the debut book from my friend Camille called The Hero and the Whore for More. God encounters Hagar in the wilderness and grants her blessing, usually reserved for men. She will birth a new lineage. Mary is similar. It's her bloodline that will produce the Messiah. She later speaks her words in the immortalized Magnificat, a prophetic word on bringing down the mighty injustice for the poor and hungry. There is a distinct feature related to who God sides with. The theme is consistent throughout the stories of the Bible, from Hagar to Mary and those in between and those after. We cannot gloss over the rule that's often reduced to an exception, that God sides with those on the margins. That's the distinctiveness that launches Advent and operates as that callback for Christians to remind themselves of who God is and how God acts and the way the Christ story begins and later ends. It's consistent. The margins are brought to the center. The rich may low, the weary and the poor find their fill, and the unjust rulers toppled. It's a complete opposite vill of the typical Christmas ethos. But it is the Christmas ethos we're being invited, reminded really, to join. On hope, 
The Advent wreath lights the first candle of hope. I was reflecting on hope, especially given the international waves of injustice rolling around our globe. What does it mean to have hope? Who has hope? What does it look like? Does it look like a particular something? When I think about kids and how they might be hopeful for something during the Christmas season, usually that hope is rooted in desire. Adults know this. What we hope for, especially around those material things, is desire. Hope, when it's about realities beyond our individual selves, ought to come from the margins. In other words, as we venture to cling or find hope amidst systemic wrongs in our world, turn your gaze to those God sought after first. We find the voice of hope, therefore, on the margins. As we trail off week one, I thought about this year's Advent reflections through the lens of those deconstructing and decolonizing their faith. That doesn't mean I write in a different way or accommodate a different perspective. Rather, there's a kind of reclamation of what the stories of the Bible are really about that tends to both differ from the way many of us grew up understanding these stories, yet at the same time, it matches the ethic many of us are choosing to live in the present by. That's a good thing. So wherever you're at in your faith journey, may this Advent season be one that turns your gaze towards the voices that God centered first. From the margins, we will derive a renewed way forward to just be.